Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a very good friend, holistic life coach, Nicole Pilly. What's going on, Hello. Nicole? Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course, Nicole. I'm so happy you're on this podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Nicole is a friend of mine uh, from back in high school. And I think it's been a trend now. I've been bringing a lot of my guests that have been back in, from, from uh, the good old days, uh, from my, you know, uh, as we were growing up in our adolescence. And uh, it's just amazing to see, you know, uh, the growth, uh, the achievements you've made uh, in the time since we last spoke. Yeah, I think, oh, what is it, 10, 12 years? How long has this been? I think it's since been, high school. We graduated, yeah, I think it's 10 years officially because we graduated, what, 2012? 2012, yeah. So it's yeah. 10 years. 10 yeah, years, it's uh, crazy. You see people sometimes on, on like on social and you're like, wow, look what they're doing. And it's and it's awesome to see people grow grow a lot, right? Yeah, and growing yeah. what they're doing. And, you know, I, I was speaking to Jessica Compiani, Stephanie LaCopola, mm -hmm. like on the podcast, and they were, you know, they were just commending me on like the platform. Like, it's just amazing to, to see what people are up to. And that's why I bring on people like yourself, you know, it's not just because, Hey, it's a friend, you know, let's just, right. you know, talk about life and let's just uh, reminisce about like the old days or, you know, uh, make inside jokes. It's actually <laughs> to uh, revere your accomplishments, revere what you've been doing. Uh, Cause people don't realize, <laughs> especially those that we went to high school with, uh, some people don't realize uh, 10 years have passed. That's a lot of time. <laughs> so there's a lot. Going. We don't like to think it's a lot of time, but I had a moment uh, during the pandemic where I said, man, like I'm only getting older, you know, I'm 27 now, two years have passed since the pandemic. You ever have those thoughts? Yes. Well, I mean, I've always been existential, I guess, but in a good way, it's more like, uh, well, time is like time is passing. Where am I going type of thing? Uh, which I guess we'll talk about, but it's always that, that thinking of, okay, what's to come? What can I do better? What have I, what I've, have I accomplished already? Um, things like that. So yeah, all the time I'm always thinking like I'm getting older. So now what? So now it's no, what? um, but I always have to stop myself, be present, right? Enjoy where we're at right now. That's the tough part. Yeah, that, that, that is a tough part. That's something mm -hmm. people always, people will ask me, like, what do you struggle with most? And right. now that you've accomplished this, what do you struggle with that? And I always tell yeah. them, it's, you know, being sure of yourself, being in the moment, uh, not being anxious, uh, you know, just really being proud also. Uh, that's something, I, you know, something in your field that you probably exercise a lot um, and, and, and an advocate of is really just uh, being proud of your accomplishments, right? Um, recognizing your wins as, as much right. as your losses, right? Because yes. um, that's something new for millennials. Uh, the generations before us, uh, I'm sure your dad, my dad, my, our parents, right? Uh, they didn't have that kind of mindset. Or am I wrong? Did you have a different kind of upbringing? Well, no, no. I, it was always in a way, I, you know, it's the Italian immigrant type of mentality that comes into like, it's a lot of just working, right. Making sure yes. that there's food on the table. Um, everyone's safe. Everyone's comfortable. Make sure this is a traditional and happy home and mm -hmm. family comes first and making sure everything that you're doing is work to do that, to achieve that. Right. Um, but in terms of like enjoying where you are in the moment or celebrating that there was that, like, I got a lot of, um, gratitude at home. I got a lot of recognition at home, which was really great. Um, but it was something I had to learn about myself, like be happy with who you are and love who you are and love what you're doing and, uh, be happy for the things you've accomplished. Uh, because so I think when we were small, if we had that type of family dynamic, it was a lot of like, we'll go to work and make sure that there's food on the table type of thing. And there wasn't room for that much else. So yeah, uh, yeah. And, so and don't get me. Yeah, that. I'm really happy to hear that. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, don't want to sound too cynical about my own family. <laughs> my family was <laughs> definitely encouraging of my own uh, my dreams, yeah. my aspirations. Oh, they still are. Yeah. But I, I bring it up because is exactly you. You know, uh, I'm an Italian. My parents are Italian immigrants. You know, I'm a first gen mm -hmm. Canadian, and uh, I was growing up with like those values. Um, really, it comes down to there was no time to really ask yourself like, what do you want to do? That was always the impression like. I got growing up it was kind of like it's all set out you go to school then you go to university and then you graduate and then you get a job like I'm not kidding like that's just how I was wired and there's always this like uh kind of conflict within me like this friction I felt with my family of you know how can I you know overcome that like how can I become something bigger than what I am because there's there was something pulling me that right. wasn't of the norm, you know, uh, this dream of being a filmmaker, a director, a creative, you know, I was telling Daniel Chan on the podcast, another, you know, classmate of ours, 
we never talked about the arts. We never talked about things uh, outside of sports or athletics or, you know, the latest party. We always, you know, it, it was just a very surreal reality where very typical, I should say, of pop culture, right? How we kind of see yes. the movies. The starving um, artist. The starving artist, right? But also yeah. like just in high school, like, you know, never really... Um, like even for yourself, like I remember, I don't think you ever, or I could be wrong. Like, did you ever talk about, um, well-being and mental health and the importance of you know, being one with no, yourself? No, I and- wasn't. Yeah, no, that's what's so, so funny is I think like I, I was into drama hundred percent. I was in the drama program, right. In high right. school. So we, drama was my life. That was the difference, right. Is, is, I came, I was raised with theater and the arts in my life. My dad was very much into that. So Mm -hmm. we were listening to musical theater uh, soundtracks on Sunday mornings. Like it was just, that's the way it was at home. But those were the things where it's like, well, you're not going to be doing that type of thing. It was more like, I remember I wanted to take, it's it's not even arts. I wanted to take woodshop. And it was just a, it was just a no, like, it's like, no, you're going to take, you're going to take an academic course so that you can get into university, Nicole. And, you know, so you could have uh, been in my woodshop class, but your dad exactly, I could have been, yeah, we could have been. Um, but it was, it was a mixture of both. It was a very con- conflicting, right. When you're in yeah. drama class and you see people um, doing, they had their own agents and, it was very fun and expansive, but it was also so competitive. And it just turned into this, like, well, this is a competition. I'm a starving artist. I'm not going to make money doing this. Yeah. I got to, I got to take the practical route. It's true. And when you're taking the pra- practical, quote unquote, practical, yeah, is practical, it very yeah. practical? Is it practical to be unhappy or feeling like you're on autopilot later on in life? It's not that practical, but we see it as practical, right? We see it as like, go this way, go this route. And that tra- word, the whole traditional route. Yeah. And then most people are feeling low, depressed, anxious, unhappy with where they're at because their creativity wasn't necessarily fueled or they weren't um, taught sort of to appreciate in the moment where you are and to expand people's minds and to start loving life in a certain way. So where was I going with this? No, but <laughs> So anyway, it yeah. was conflicting, right? At one yeah. side, I had all of this expansive art artistry in my life. And then on mm-hmm. the other hand, it was like, well, you got to go a practical route nonetheless, right? You got to make yeah, money for sure. and you got to, you know, you got to have, have safety in your life. And especially like, again, coming from a family of those values coming from, you know, obviously, you know, your dad, yeah. right? I know your dad. Uh, they don't know other, any other proof, any other path. Right. I was talking about yeah. this with a friend last night. Uh you know, of course they're going to, they're not wrong. They're not evil. They don't want no. what's bad for you. Cause when I was a kid, right. like, you know, that teenager rebellious, like, you know, I don't want to do what you wanted me to do. Like you just yeah. hate me, whatever. But you look back, you're like, <laughs> no, I, I think it's cause they just didn't know any other route. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I acquired this, uh, my whole life, like I would always tell my parents, like, you know, I want to work in Los Angeles. I want to work for a company in Los Angeles. I just want to be in Los Angeles. I don't know how, but I just want to be situated. And quite recently I got, uh, through my business, a client of, uh, impact theory. Uh, who is based out in Los Angeles. So I provide work for them in Los Angeles with the potential of going there one day. And when I got that uh, that role, that position, my parents, you could tell, were like, oh, like it was kind of like a like an embarrassed moment. Like, oh, well, we didn't think, like they always knew, like they believe in their son, right? The self-esteem is there. But it's more like when it happens, it's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like things can really happen if you push yourself or if you just see it from a different angle. Right. It doesn't have to be this uh, conventional path, like practical. I love that you use that word. It's like, what is practical? Like I always use uh, my, my parents, you know, um, God bless them. They worked hard their whole life and they've gone through a lot of hardships, you know, uh, companies they work for either went bankrupt or they got let go. And I saw what it, how devastating it was when they were out of, out of their job. Now they love what they do. Like, you know, I, I, it's not like they have this other passion, but I say to myself, like, imagine if that was me. like working a job as an accountant and I got let go after like 30 years of putting in my time thinking this was the job. Like, I don't know if I could live with myself. I think that fear of regret, that fear of, you know, being 90 years old, like I got grandparents, nonni as we call them Italian that are like 95. And I look in their eyes and I'm like, they have so much regret themselves about like other things, but I'm like, last thing I want it to be is about my dream. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the sort of the core values exercise that we work together with clients. And usually, yeah. you know, you have the top four words of the things that really drive you. And 
whether that is comfortability or safety or tra- or tradition or its impact or having a voice or whatever it is, right? It's unique to you. So if yours happen to be making an impact and your creative your creative endeavors and those are your core values and when you make decisions, it's based off of those then that's when you're going to be happy at the end of your life is, did I live my life according to those? Or did my, I live my life according to what other people think that my value should have been? Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and, and that was well said. And uh, on that note, I want to bring up, you know, uh, how you're kind of promoting yourself as a holistic life coach, right. Through the mm-hmm. use of social media. Um, one of the mm-hmm. posts, cause we recently, well, I, I was explaining to you before the podcast, right. Uh, I follow you on a personal level, like, um, right as you do with me, like we kind of just saw each other as friends in the past and you have a separate account where you help people, you, uh, endorse the message or an advocate of mental health, well-being, and things like that. Um, and one of the posts that you've made, uh, that really caught my eye, it was really comedic, uh, really heartwarming, uh, kind of brought out a lot of your personality, like the Nicole, I remember, um, <laughs> you know, help is on the way the, that yeah, video, it's, it's right? the drama. I needed the drama in my life. More. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, but and that's what I mean, right? Like that's what captivates the viewer. But what really, what really uh, intrigued me about it is because uh, I, re- I read the captions um, and you're very thoughtful with them as well. You're targeting people that feeling miserable with their life, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, although it's quite moving, um, you actually provided like a backstory of yourself um, to kind of let the let the audience member in uh, into your world and kind of like understand where you're coming from. So I want you to walk us through like the story, like how did you go from this journey as a holistic life coach, um, from working a corporate nine to five job, like what, where was the inspiration that led to it? And yeah, how are you, how are you doing uh, so far? (laughs) Yeah. So, so what happened was I went to, uh, I think in 2017, yeah, in 2017, I went to Bali. Um, and if I'm sure everyone knows of Bali by now, it's this paradisal sanctuary, right? If you haven't been, you got to go, but even Gary Vee. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to interrupt there because I know you're a fan of Gary Vee. Do you remember he's like, "This is your time to go to Bali for a year." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's enjoy how I know yourself. About Bali. Yeah, enjoy yeah, it's yourself. the e yeah. love of your life, right? Yeah. Go to Bali. Yeah, yeah. got it. Um, but I wasn't awakened. I don't even want to say that word. But I wasn't like I had open eyes open to. Um, there, it's a very spiritual place, and you can go when you go there. You know, it's a mecca. Like it's a spiritual mecca. You can even feel it, like right when you step foot into wow. into Bali. Like you know, you can feel it. It's a spiritual presence. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't only that when I went there. It was the people. Everything was so like heartfelt and heartwarming, and so connected to nature. And when I went to the beach. Um, they actually had nine foot wide, nine foot tall piles of plastic water bottles all along the coastline. Like as far as wow. we could see was just endless like amounts of plastic. Yeah, and it was, it, was wow. it was incredible. And I went into the ocean and I got hit with plastic everywhere. It was like, literally there was no water. And it was like, my heart sank. It was, it was devastating. Oh, wow. And from that experience, despite what was happening, right? Because this is, in essence, it's environmental racism, right? When you right. go somewhere and you see this is such a beautiful country, but uh, sorry, it's an island in Indonesia, but mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful country. And the people there are so beautiful. They put out offerings to the gods every single morning. They put out rice and avocados and eggs and flowers, and they light incense. And there is, and it's in front of every single house every in the morning before lunch, before they eat, they have offerings to the gods. These are the type of people they are. And yet on the other side of it, they have waste being dumped into their, into their water. Wow. The juxtaposition. And and the locals. Yeah. And the locals are cleaning them up. Right. And yet the people were still so welcoming, so connected to earth, so connected to one another. And it wasn't anything I've ever experienced before. It was slow. It was mindful. It was spiritual it was beautiful and I came back to Toronto after that trip yeah. and I was just like what 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 like why hasn't anyone first off been discussing and they have been but I just hadn't known yeah. been discussing like what's what's going on environmentally why hasn't anyone been discussing like how beautiful these people are and how connected to these to the earth some people are why hadn't I been introduced to any of this and then 
I got a job at the bank as an administrative assistant to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually moved up a lot since then. Nice. And it was completely different than what I had seen and felt and witnessed on the other side of the earth. And it was so fast and everyone was talking about money and more and more and being yeah. faster and being better and being and more money and concrete and waste and eating meat and all of this stuff. <laughs> right. And I yeah. just, and I got overwhelmed, right. I got overwhelmed to a point where I started feeling extremely purposeless because I didn't know how I was going to help. And yeah. it was up until that point where you kind of have those pivotal moments where you're like, why the, can I swear on here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you Why do the fuck? Yeah, yeah, how the fuck did I get here? Right. Yeah, when you look exactly. around and you're like, how the fuck? How did this happen? Like, how am I in this chair right now talking about stuffing something that I really am not caring that much about? And while something else is happening on the other side of the world, or even in next door here, there's pollution everywhere. Yeah. Why aren't we talking about this? Or why aren't why aren't I making an impact? And it was it was hard for me. So I became very uh, autopilot like feeling where it mm-hmm. was just like every single day, take the train, go to work, concrete buildings, come back home, watch Netflix, go to bed, repeat, rinse That's and true. repeat, rinse yeah. and repeat. And then I started thinking to myself that I'm not the only one that's yeah, doing this, not. right? This is, this is a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And there's nothing to knock being in corporate. There's nothing to knock, like going yeah. home and watching Netflix. Not, there's nothing wrong with that but we lose ourselves along the way. We lose who we actually are. We put on layers of what we think we need to be. And then sometimes we get hit with, well, shit, who am I? What impact am I making? And what am I meant to do in this world? And you feel miserable. You start feeling miserable, right? And then it starts showing up with other people. It starts showing up with your relationships, the way you speak to other people. Yeah. Um, you know, the things that you attract in your life and you start seeing the world as this dark, miserable, unhappy place when it's really not. Mm-hmm. So that's the story behind <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. So I set out to find out how people lose themselves along the way and how to bring yourself back home to who you are. Nice. And that's what I work with people on. And, um, and I'm still like, I'm still doing that. We're always still doing that, I suppose. Right. Yeah. And I still work I still work at the bank. I, I, I'm, I work in technology. I'm a delivery manager for application delivery. And I didn't know I would get to this place, but I know that the things that I do in my work, what you have to do is still find fulfillment in everything that you do. You still have to find intention. You still have to find mindfulness in every single thing you do in your day job, in your relationships, as a mom, as a dad, as a son, as a daughter, when you go to the grocery store, when you're in line at at the supermarket, everywhere you go, it doesn't matter what job you have. It's not about your job being your purpose. It's about you being, you being purpose all the time. Yeah. So, so that's how I work through that too. That's how I, I still do. I still work full time and I, and I hope to make this my full-time career. Right. Um, but I know that it doesn't matter if, if I'm, I'm where I'm working, I carry this with me wherever I go. Yeah, and that's that's that was a beautiful story. Uh, uh, very touching because on many levels, uh, number one being that I can uh, actually resonate with a lot of the things you were saying. Um, that's how I felt uh, when I graduated. You know, university again that mentality. You know, you you especially that you have older cousins, right? Like I'm a baby in my family. I'm I'm the youngest uh, along with my Me sisters, too. right? So. Yeah everyone in my family, right? There's no one saying I want to be the next Tarantino. <laughs> They're saying, uh, I'm getting married, I'm getting a job, whatever, right? And I'm the only one in my heart, in my mind thinking, is it wrong to want this? Like, is it wrong to want to be creative? And like you said, there's nothing wrong with condemning those that work in the corporate world. I always hated, and I would always, uh, you know, push back to those that would say it's the only way. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's fine if you want to work that job, but just know there's other ways to be happy, other ways to be fulfilled even probably more fulfilled than what you're doing now. I think a lot of the times I would butt heads with people is, uh, as you know, I'm sure you've come across in your life. Uh, they would always like, you know, they, especially for me, I've, I've encountered a lot of people that you know, uh, are inspired by my journey and they're, you know, kind of voice to me or like hint that uh, they're kind of uh, their own desires. Like, Oh, I wish I was uh, you know, a musician or I wish I went mm-hmm. back to school uh, to be a uh, radio uh, 
Dos, do, <laughs> why? I just uh, lost my train of thought. DJ jockey, yeah, is that okay. what you call it? Yeah, yeah host, like that, right? or... host or something. Yeah, radio yeah. host, whatever. But the point is, is that when I was talking to them, I would always say the lines like, "Well, why not? What's the problem?" And they're like, "Oh, like back to what you're saying, practicality. Like you can't make money, a lot of money off that." And you're like, "Yeah, but you don't, you don't expect to make a million dollars when you first start. No. What if you have something to carry?" But the thing, the big thing with me is that. Again, everyone's dream, my dream, like I'd be a hypocrite saying it, right? Because my dream is like, you know, Tarantino level, but there's nothing wrong with pursuing a dream that you still can make 50, 60, 70, 80 grand. Like people always have these ambitions, like you said, about moving up more money, more this, more that. And it's like, what if you're a radio host in a small town and you're making 60, 70 grand, but you love what you do. You inspire people's lives. People call in, they're telling you like how funny you are, whatever, but you really wish you had that accounting job for 200 grand. Like, what, what does that get you? You know what I mean? Like how much money? And then they, and then you can argue, well, who are you surrounding yourself with? That's telling you that money is the way. Cause once that <laughs> money goes, God forbid, uh, they're not going to be around. Have? Right. You know, yeah. what do you have? But like those people, if they're that shallow, won't be around. Oh, of course. And that's what Absolutely. always makes me. And that's, what's so unsettling to me. Right. And that's what I'm saying. That was like the process of me just like reverse engineering the whole thing and saying, you know, what do I really want? Like just asking myself bravely, like before, literally before the pandemic happened, Nicole, like, what do I want with my life? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's a very, da- it's a very brave and dangerous question. To it's ask so yourself, dangerous. Yeah. Right? It'll take you down some. Yeah, it, it will. But I was, I never looked back. Um, obviously I had my roadblocks. I'm sure you had yours. Um, and that's why I wanted to ask you, like, have you dealt with any friction or uh, any kind of pushback from your parents or from friends? Like, anyone condemning you or have they been supportive not at all they've been all supportive and you know what the thing is is like you think about (laughs) it comes back full circle because you asking what do I really want is like definitely what you would I call you it's your inner child right it's little Daniel asking little Daniel okay what do you want and like my dream is to be a public speaker I want TED talks. I want like to be public speaker. Right. And I will be. And, um, and when I think about it, I go back, back, back. And I'm like, wait a second, little Nicole was on stages since she was, I don't know, seven, five, four, four. I was in speech competitions all throughout elementary school, getting awards. I was doing musicals. I was doing theater. I was doing monologues. Why have I removed that from myself? Or why did I why did we lose this along the way? Right. Where, where we're like, what, how, what was my true nature? And can I bring that back to me? Because that is my true nature. So back to your question is whenever I like my parents now, like they know what I'm doing full time and they're hundred percent supportive of it. Cause they know that it, it makes good money and it's stable and it's all the things. So they love that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But they also ask all the time, how's your business doing? How's coaching? How's everything doing? And when I talk to my parents about it, they know that this is something that's true to my heart and they know that I'm good at it because they know who I was when I was a kid. Yeah. So they look at me and they're like, you know, it's exactly what you're meant to be doing. Right. And friends also. So it's, I've never gotten that sort of pushback or anything like that. It, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, um, open up an ice cream business in grade when I was in high school, which is actually why I took business. I, I did, <laughs> I did I my bachelor's <laughs> of commerce. I did yeah. business law. I learned all the legalities of owning a business, which is hilarious. Right. Cause like, look but right now some, we own businesses, right? This is, this is something you were target in high school. You were, you're planning in high school. I wanted to open oh up Kelly's parlor. Yeah. And I used to make ice cream all the time and I would tell adults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I wanted to open up an ice cream parlor. Oh, you know, restaurants have the biggest failure rate, you know, and it really honestly like crushed me. Like it crushed me every time I would tell someone. And it was a lot of these practical adults that were like, oh, you know, businesses really do fail or startups usually fail in the first three years and restaurants are the first to go for sure, blah, blah, blah. And the margins for ice cream and you have to make it seasonal. What's your strategy? And you'll never get a day off. (laughs) I just want to be happy. I just want other people to be happy and give them ice cream. That's what I wanted. Right. And that was my thinking, but everything, all these questions came at me and I started thinking like, oh, well then I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't open up an ice cream parlor then no way it, it, it seems impossible now right so 
rethinking, rethinking now, now I think back and I'm like, screw those people. Like I wanted to open up an ice cream parlor. And yeah, that's the pushback I received is kind of like, take the practical approach, Nicole. And that was the only pushback. It wasn't necessarily what I'm doing now, but it was, you know, you have high dreams, Nicole, you got to bring yourself back down to quote unquote reality, which is funny. Yeah, no. And, and yeah. And that's what I was trying to say back is like, even though you hate looking back, like why the hell, you know, uh, were they so skeptical of my, my dreams, my ambitions, Yeah, they were projecting their own insecurities, right. On on you. Right. Right. Um, you know, even if they were like the, the whole thing for me is like, you know, if you're crazy enough to believe it, it has to happen. Like the conviction needs to be there. Right. Like you can't go around like at one, at some point you have to say to yourself, I'm not going to listen to these people. Right. As much as I love them. And that's a very hard thing to do. If you think about yeah. it, like I, I love my parents, you know, uh, my sister, but even though I, 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 um, I love them. I sometimes don't listen to them. Like when I, when I have to do something, you know, uh, it doesn't mean I hate them or anything. It's just kind of like, I know where to draw the line. Uh, and you need that, you need that tenacity. Uh, it's the only way to get uh, to where you want to go, especially what we're trying to pursue because it's no, it's not linear and there's no really formula to it you know? So, uh, I really admire you for that. Like it it takes a lot of strength and courage. Um, people (laughs) don't realize that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I really hope it's in the sites, the, the, or your, is it out of your system? The, the pilly parlor, uh, idea. Cause I really like the name. (laughs) I still, (laughs) I still make ice cream, uh, for fun, but it's moved into, so usually I see this common theme, right? It's like just making an impact on others. And that's what I wanted to do. Right. I wanted outlets. Yeah. Yeah. Give people ice cream because ice cream makes people happy. And I'm still doing that through such a noble cause. It's like, how could you, shoot <laughs> how could you shoot it down? Like you're looking back, you're like, how, how could anyone shoot that down? Like, I I'm, know. I'm well, they would say, why do you want to open an ice cream problem? Like, because everyone's happy when they have ice cream. Like I've never seen anyone that's not been happy after they have ice cream. Yeah. And that was literally my motive. It's like everyone's smiling when they have ice cream, even when you're sad, right? When you're a kid, when you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you hurt your knee? Like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, you want ice cream? You want to do a breakup? You want to do a breakup? You got ice cream? You see it in the movies, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, now I would see it probably as like these coping strategies that maybe we, we lean on too much. <laughs> right. um, no, but, but it works. It's scientific, yeah. right? It, it hits all the, the, I guess, the dopamine levels. That up. comfort. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, that's what I see, right? It's the theme. So maybe ice cream parlor is when I'm a retiree and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Now I'm ready to have like a little cool <laughs> That's uh, a very parlor, relaxed business. Gelateria sure. or whatever. Yeah. So you want a wagon? Um, just like have it. Uh, yeah. In the summer. Yeah. Why yeah, not? Exactly. So much I, fun. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it's been said uh, many times before me, but anything you put your mind to, right? At the end of the day, again, it's just like figure out a plan. Like the thing with you, it's not like you're just saying things, you know, oh, I want to open up a petting zoo. I want to do that. It's not like you don't have, you're aimless. There was right. clearly a lot of thought put into that Philly parlor, right? You, you oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It, I did a whole right? business plan. I did. Right. <laughs> and and that shouldn't and that shouldn't be dismissed, right? Like that should be uh, taken seriously and, and uh, revisited, really, um, because I see you doing that. And uh, I, I like what you said. You're like, you kind of, uh, your, your parents were encouraging of you because they remember you as a kid, right? Like who you, who you were meant to be like, exactly. Like my parents, they always saw me as a creative person, right. outgoing, energetic, excuse me. And with you, um, I, I was going to get back to basically not only look at your parents or ask your parents for permission, or maybe for that insight is your peers, right? Like for someone like me, knowing you, that's perfect. You know, it doesn't have to be ice cream, but I always saw you in that kind of field because you're very charismatic and you're very likable. You know what I mean? Like you have that quality. So when you tell me you want to be a TED talk speaker, right. I'm not like, Oh, like that's, that's ambitious. That's, yeah, that's like yeah. I see it. You know what I mean? Cause you enjoy talking to people, you know, and yeah. you're courageous. You post online. Like I look for things like that. Like that takes a lot of guts. People don't realize that, especially a girl, like a woman your age, you know, what, 27, you know, they're not posting stuff like that. Most of the time it's uh, a facade, right. Uh, of what they're oh, yeah, really, yeah. right yeah. but you're yeah. very vulnerable and that's what I really appreciate it so uh very cool oh, thank you yeah very cool Nicole and I wanted to so touching on the subject of social media right like posting and mm-hmm. uh always the entertaining <laughs> always the entertaining and thoughtful posts that you make um <laughs> you know it served uh, me well in the last few years you know towards expanding my business you know connecting with new clients allowing me to share my creative content I'm sure it did so for yourself um can you talk to us about that? Like how, how it served you and, and your business? Um, yeah, I have a bittersweet uh, relationship with, with social media. 
Okay. Tell us it has, that. it has <laughs> definitely helped. It has definitely helped and it's helped yeah. me be more creative. Um, and be, I think it helps solidify what I'm, what I'm, I want to put out in the world. That's what's helped a little. That's what's helped for sure is okay. Knowing what, like, what do people need and what should I be talking about type of thing? Um, that's what social media has helped with. Um, and also of course, connection, right. I've met so many people, part of spiritual communities and life coaching communities and just women empowerment communities, like just, just around, like across the board and from different places all around the world. And I've formed relationships with them. Like I have a very good friend who lives in Texas. I've never met her in person, but we've just met through social media and, and we talk all the time about intimate things. And it's this, it's that great connection and like community part to it that I love. Um, I do have that bittersweet relationship with social media, um, because I, I like to practice or I practice, or I preach a little bit about the fifth limb of yoga, which is pratyahara is control of external stimuli. And the fact that we have a lot of bombardment of stimulus in our life and you'd, you'd know this for sure, right? Yes. You're doing film, you're doing cre creative work, right? And it's yeah. loud or it, it's bright, it's colorful, it's yeah. look at me, it's more, it's more, and it's flashy and commercials and Netflix and social and scrolling and all that stuff. It yeah. starts getting to your nervous system, right? So yeah. um, I do have like this relationship with social media where I have to take breaks off of it because I, it, it, it frazzles my nervous system. I, I guess I have a, like, I do have a more sensitive, um, nervous system. I, I get, I get more, uh, I feel a little bit too deeply sometimes. Susceptible, and, and social, yeah. Yeah. And social media really, uh, triggers that sometimes. So I have to control that. Right. Um, so there is always this boundary that I have to make sure. And I make sure with, with people I work with as well, you know, if you're waking up and scrolling and you're going through it and you're just, consuming mindlessly, it's going to start having an impact on your body. So consume mindfully. And then you will, you know, you'll see how present you can actually feel. Um, so that's my relationship with social media. I love it because it helps me promote my business. It helps me connect with others. And I also have those boundaries with it where I have to make sure, you know, control of external stimuli, look within first, Nicole, and then, you know, know what you're going on there to consume. Yeah, no, that that's uh, very well thought out. And again, something uh, I relate to and many people probably listening, uh, my business, especially like I, I go through it and I still am uh, the, the being overly stimulated, uh, not knowing to detach. This week was crazy for me. I'm not going to lie. I felt like a drug addict. I couldn't not look at my phone. It was no, it yeah. was it was bad. Like yeah. I felt. I felt like I was in a dark place. I'm like, you know, and then your mind starts playing games. Like you're never going to go back to the normal. Like, I don't know. It's just like all this like crazy mm -hmm. stuff happening in my head. Um, but again, it's like, and this is what I mean by the bittersweet or, or what you meant. I meant like how I can understand what you're saying is it's that pull. It's like, it's benefiting me. Like it got me to this point in my career. You know, it, it's needed. It's required uh, to get my vet message, my voice, my stories out there. But God damn, like it just it really takes a toll on my mental health. Yeah, and it does. it's not yeah. and it's not it's not because and I'm glad you said that you didn't it's not because you saw a post or like you know you were envious about something or whatever because the highlight reel, right? It's it's just the nature of being bombarded with always this the flashy shiny objects, right? The the the, the dopamine hits. Um, you know, you post a picture, right? I, I learned something the other day, confirmation bias. Uh how many times have you been in a situation um, or could, you could be different, but I've been in this scenario where I post something and then five minutes later, I'm like, Oh, did it get any likes? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and sure. it's like, well, why would I check? Why would I check if it got likes? Like, I know it's going to get likes, but like, you know, it doesn't matter how many it gets like, and then confirmation bias is like, you know, you are satisfied. You're, you're looking for approval of something you already kind of know um, exists. Right. Uh, you kind of keep going back to that. And, um, that's what you mean by like that that's what eventually leads to the burnout feeling the unfulfillment and the purposeless like nature right like that dreaded um you know somber kind of uh aura that you have within you like this week exa right. exactly right like the past it's like it, it just got to me sometimes you know like 
and I got to look on, on social media for work for what I do. Right. And it was just like, it's like an abuser, like going back to the, the victim, going back to the abuser. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but, but one thing that what I, I took from your, 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 your story there is that you need to allow yourself that time. You need to take, be, have discipline. The boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. Right. The sure. boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. Right. To step away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of did. That's what I did this weekend. I kind of said, you know what, enough with the social media. I try to do that on weekends, actually. That's why I don't, you don't see me post or barely is because I just really want two days to just not look at it or be bothered by it. But obviously I looked at it because I had to make sure this podcast was still running and Nicole right. didn't message me saying, uh, Hey, I, I'm I actually did the same thing. I'm like, did he message me? <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, you need, but that's what I mean by like the practical, mm-hmm. like real life kind of gets in the way, right? Yeah. It's like, you, you can't just ignore completely and say, well, I don't know if she texts me. I'm just going to sit here until she does. Right. Right? And, until right. she shows up on the podcast. Right. Cause that's happened yeah. before an hour before the guests would be like, Oh, I'm late. Or can we postpone or whatever? <laughs> Imagine if I had my rule, like, no, nope, don't look at social media. Don't look at um, I'll be sitting here until there's cobwebs around me. So <laughs> um, I understand that completely. And uh, that's so great that you have like a healthy balance and uh, you're, able, you're able to remedy those situations. Um, it has, so, so you've developed, you know, contacts, which is great. And that's something that uh, I've also wanted to mention as well. Isn't it amazing? Like through social media, like you make friends with people you've never met in person. Yeah. And you have these amazing conversations, like, look, see, it's like, mm-hmm. it brought us back together. We're talking here yes, and like, yes. it's an impactful conversation. And that's what I enjoy about it is it it's a, it's that funnel to actual human connection. Well, I mean, you're yeah. still doing connection there, but it's a funnel to creation, a funnel to collaboration, a funnel to having a community or talking with another person. Right. And bringing that outside of the app is what's more impactful, right? Like being here and talking to you feels so much better than being on on Instagram and scrolling or, you know, like trying so hard to figure out the algorithm that continues to change. <laughs> or instead of sending it, I'm the kind of person, yeah, I'm the kind of person that always loved having an in-depth conversation with someone, right? Yeah. Just figuring them out and like, I don't know, just enjoying, you know, what they have to say. I'm very curious about people I write, you know, that's something that yeah. I do, I have to observe characters. So what I'm saying is this podcast is kind of an outlet for me where it's like, instead of share, like texting you or, or sending you a DM and saying like, uh, I love what you're doing. Great job. You know and I mean, yeah. that doesn't give me as much satisfaction as having a full hour conversation and yeah, saying like, Hey, like, it. let's talk about it. Like, what are you all about? Like, how'd you start this? Cause I, I have all those questions when I see people that I admire, um, mm-hmm. or what they're doing. Right. I'm, I'm like, wait, why would they post that about their dog? Or like, you know, why <laughs> I'm just always been like that. And people would always like, <laughs> would always be like you don't need to like you know be so inquisitive you know you don't need to be so need to be so curious but as you know as you've learned as you get older you need to be curious that's how you stay alive if you stop being curious about the world you're gonna die you know what i mean you're just gonna burn out it's little daniel that's inner child thinking that's what we need we need the curiosity right we need to be asking the questions and why not dive deeper into who people are like that's that's the best thing to ever do right? no, for sure for is sure. to find even, out more about people yeah and then <laughs> I do and I do it even for like you know for example for yourself right like uh for the podcast you're like oh I want to check out the Jesse Bompiani and Stephanie local yeah. Stephanie Lococola one right and if you haven't heard from them in a while isn't that amazing you can through our conversation get an insight See like what oh that's doing. what they're up to that's it yeah. you know it's so it's kind of like a reciprocation right it's a cycle um and, and that's what I'm so happy that I'm able to bring uh to everyone mm. right um, now talking about the positives uh, with social media, I have to ask you, like, I'm curious, are there any negatives uh, when you use social media? Has anyone been rude to you or like, how have you handled it? If there, if that may be the case? No, but I do. Hmm, I think I monitor a lot of like what I put out there because I don't, especially talking about things like mental health and emotional health and stuff like that. As much as I, like, I, I want to say sometimes a little bit more, I will rethink it and say, you know, where's my privilege here? Where is something where I'm not recognizing? Where is something that I might be uh, saying something that's misinformed? Not for like repercussions of what other people are going to say, but rather to like make sure am I what I'm is what I'm saying true? And do I know that it is true? Um, Especially with things like mental health, you know, like there's a lot of people on social media all the time, just spreading things. And I want to make sure that like what I speak about is authentic and true to 
the industry of either emotional health, spiritual health, mental health, or whatever, you know, I'm talking about self-growth and self-improvement. Yeah. Right. So, um, I haven't had any pushback. Uh, I did get banned, not banned. I got, um, my, my profile got taken down. So I had to restart my, yeah, I talked about suicide on one post and I think that might've been, that might've done it. Yeah. Like general, like general, like generally, or was this pertaining to you? No, no, it wasn't pertaining to me. It was actually, I was hosting a workshop and my, and contributions were going to go to a suicide prevention hotline. And I talked a little bit about the stats of suicide in North America. And I don't know if Instagram didn't like that because it was literally the next day where they're like, you did something against our terms and conditions. And, um, and I got taken down and I haven't got my profile back since. So I had to start a new one. I actually had lots of followers. I had, you know, it was, it was a really active platform and I had to restart, which was kind of okay for me. It was a conscious reset maybe some sort of reframing that I had to do, but it was almost like a grieving process too. Like I, that was my creative, my creativity, my writing, all my writing was there. So yeah, that was, that was the pushback I received was that Instagram took me down. (laughs) So unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like, you've been doing the impression I got is you've been doing it for a while and like, not that your following is not strong, but it kind of makes sense now. Right. That yeah, you probably yeah. had had a, had a past already. Like, there's always history with with this uh, brand that you've started. It's just kind yes, of like yeah, it was Nicolo Natural. That was my my Instagram. Nicolo Natural. Yeah, Amazing. and it was yeah, and I had a good following there and everything, and I had to restart. But you know, it was okay. It is what it is. But you know what? You got yeah. back on that horse, and uh, look at you now, right? You just got to keep going. Right. And uh, really, at the end of the day, it's all about like people ask me like, oh, have you noticed your followers going up and whatever? And, and I'm like, yeah, incrementally. But it's like for me, I, I look at moments like, you know, working for a Los Angeles company, you know I mean? A, a, acquiring a client or creating a, a friendship through this, right. you know what I mean? It's, like, it's not exactly. always about the followers for me. It's about yeah. really the, what you're putting out, you know, like the films, like the quality of them, like there's yeah. the, the clips, you know, are the podcasts getting better? Are they more entertaining? Are you bringing on uh, interesting guests? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because I know I, I get it. Like we, we live in a numbers-based society, like we, we metrics, right. You need to, every, everything is measured, but for me it's like if you focus so much on the prize you know what i mean you're not going to get there you know what i mean you got to like kind of enjoy the whole moment the journey yeah, yeah, the, whole, the, the, yeah. the journey the whole the, the bigger picture really um like what's going on so that's kind of like my approach and uh yeah that's great to hear that um uh, that's kind of like how you handle it and um yeah so um I wanted to know, like, you know, as we struggle with these kinds of, you know, one thing I struggle with, you know, I told you about being present in the moment. Um, you know, this may sound healthy, but there are days when that, like, it's unhealthy in the sense that, like, it, it, the days where I try to stay in the moment, I can't because I'm also comparing myself or I'm competing. Um, I don't know if you ever have those moments, not even like with your personal life, but just professionally, like where you are in your career. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what methods uh, would you advise? like for people dealing with uh, kind of those, those issues, like, or how, how would you rid, rid that feeling? Yeah. So the first thing I remind people of is our whole body and brain operate on safety. Mm-hmm. So reminding ourselves that it's okay and normal for us to be comparing. It's okay and normal for us to feel like we're not there yet. It's okay and normal for us to feel like, okay, what's coming up next? What do I have to do next? Because our, our brains off operating in a way like archaically, if I'm not the alpha, if I'm not the one, if I'm not there yet, then I'll be kicked out of the tribe. Right. And then that's a detriment to my to like, I can, I can die if I get kicked out of the tribe that's still happening in our brain, right? Our limbic system's really old. It's the oldest part of our brain. And that's what it's operating off of safety. So I remind people like, okay, it's normal. It's normal, but it is also the moment that you're in has to be the, like the way that you show your purpose in that moment, you have to feel fulfilled in your moment that you're in right now, because if you're not fulfilled in the moment you're in right now, who's to say when you get what you want, you will feel fulfilled in the moment in that moment too. Right. So, and you know, that's like sort of the nature of quantum physics is if you're not happy right now and in this, in this present 
reality. Who's to say that what you want and what you are trying to achieve or manifest in your life, you'll be happy in that current reality. You have to be happy now. You have to be satisfied with where you are now. So first, always we're operating on safety. So reminding ourselves, I am safe almost every single day right? And that's where the nervous system jitters come in. If we're consuming a lot, our sympathetic nervous systems like on overdrive. And that's when we start feeling anxious and we start feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not safe. I'm not seen. I'm not heard. Right. And so coming back to the core underlying, I am safe. It, it helps relieve a lot of that. I am safe. I am safe where I am. I am heard. I am seen. I am loved. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm always worthy, right? right. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Yeah, and you're always true. worthy. Your soul, your soul is innately worthy, right? We're just a human bodysuit with the soul inside. So yeah, yeah. the it's human bodysuit feels, <laughs> un- feels yeah. unsafe, but yeah. the soul's like, I'm worthy. I got this. Like I'm yeah. worthy. I'm innately worthy. There's nothing that will warp my worthiness. It's only through your perception and through your human bodysuit that's going to warp your own perception of worthiness. But the human, but the soul inside is innately worthy. The soul is so, infinite. The body is finite. Like that's why we feel exactly. that, right? It's because we can't comprehend. We can't conceptualize most of us, right? That there's, there's more to us than just this flesh and blood. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. and, and that's exactly your point, right? Feeling safety. And that's something that I actually um, need to kind of uh, continue uh, telling myself, but also um, kind of the steps that I've, I've started for myself uh, in this pandemic is making a list of things that I'm grateful for whenever I have a, a down moment or just making it a, a ritualistic thing. Like every morning I wake up, just write down 10 things you're grateful for. And yeah. it really is amazing. Like after 30 days, they like say like it works, you just kind of go into a habit and you kind of smile and say like, you, you don't worry about petty things anymore. And even if something yeah. that devastating does happen, your brain will be like, yeah, but remember that time you did this or remember that time you accomplished that or remember like you kind of flip it. And that's, that's the key. Because naturally our brains does go negative, right? Um, and it's kind of- It's looking harder. for the unsafe scenarios, it's looking right? for the unsafe, looking for like the unsafe scenarios because it's like, okay, where is where am I potentially in danger, right? And I love how you brought up the gratitude because what happens with gratitude is you start seeing the subtle, tiny little moments in your day that are so incredibly amazing. Like yeah. just before this, I was just looking at my dog and I'm like, you are- like a vessel of nature and you're just yeah. <laughs> so sweet. And I, I was staring at her and like the sun was beaming down on her face and she's looking at me with her big brown eyes. And it, it was yeah. that moment where I'm like, this is one of those moments where it's like, it's not mad. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what's to come. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. Like all that matters is that I'm here with this beautiful pup and I'm happy in this moment. And when you practice gratitude, it's not always like what I've accomplished and, and, those are amazing too. And, but it's just going throughout your day and being incredibly grateful for every single moment, for seeing every single thing that you're to sitting on this chair, to, to having presence. And it does start a lot with presence, right? Like being truly present with where you are so that you can start seeing those moments of, of, wow, this is actually, I'm safe right now. And this is a great place to be. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. back to, you know, uh, someone that we look, we look up to our role model, uh, Gary V, right. <laughs> as funny as he is, <laughs> is, extremely, he, is right? he your role model. <laughs> I know. Well, well, in a way, in, in a sense that, uh, I, I make people laugh, but it's the truth. He speaks, uh, very similarly to, to my mom. <laughs> my mom speaks the same okay. way to me. Yeah. It's actually crazy in this house. So what I'm saying is when he, he says back to your point about gratitude and, you know, realizing like, the things that you possess, things around you that you're uh, appreciative of. He also says, you know, realize uh, the place you are in the world. You know what I mean? Like where you scale, you know what I mean? You're, you're positioned because especially with the events, not to get political, but what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, it's like, yeah. holy shit. Like I'm worried about, you know, my film yeah. not getting into a film festival and there's people yeah. like getting uprooted from their home or there's children yeah. dying. Like, it's just horrible. Right. And, and back to your point, it's like, we don't mean to be selfish. It's just the brain. The brain has a mind of its own. And if you don't know how to kind of take control of it, it could take control of you. And that's yeah. what happens, right? It's that primitive. The, 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 you're absolutely right. I'm so happy you said that is people don't realize like we're sophisticated, we're advanced. We've, you know, uh, explored so many uh, avenues, you know, that uh, human potential can cover. 
but the brain is hundreds of thousands of years old. It hasn't changed. It's not like an iPhone where you update it. You know what I mean? Like it, it literally thinks we're still like cavemen probably. Yeah, right? exactly so that. Yeah. We're just adapting. We're adapting it to our world. But like you said, tribalism, like that's why in high school people had peer pressure. That's why in high school people were insecure. People uh, did things that were questionable. Like it was to fit in. No one wanted to be isolated because everyone knows if you are the loner in high school, you suffer. You don't get affection. Yeah. You don't get attention. Um, you don't get the respect. That's a big thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, it all goes back to that. We're not worrying about lions anymore. Tigers. <laughs> We're worrying about you know, our emotional stability, our mental health, right? So, yeah, for sure. Really for cool. sure. Yeah. But, Always um, go back to the inner child too, because the inner child is going to be where, you know, you, you have those core needs, this feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling, feeling safe. Right. And a lot, you know, as much as we have great childhoods, we still have those moments that are imprinted where we didn't feel that. Yeah. So making sure to carry that with us and make sure like, you know, little you is, is happy and little you is finally seen and heard. And you're yeah, giving and just, that to yourself, right? Fulfilling yeah, your own need. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just to touch on that point, because uh, I love that you said that, you know, access your inner child. Um, that's something that I kind of do to remedy is remember a time when you didn't have all the vanity, right? When it wasn't about that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just when you're innocent, when you're just a kid that love movies. Yeah. And that's when I kind of go back to, because sometimes I get caught up like, oh, I'm not going to do this because they're not paying me this, or I'm not going to, you know, I can't do this because I don't have enough uh, talent for that. And just go back and say, why are you doing this? Are you doing it for all these checkpoints? Or are you doing it because of the love of the craft, right? So exactly. I love that. I love that, Nicole. Uh, you know, little little Nicole, little Daniel <laughs> access that, right? Always, yeah, uh, look at, look at for that. anyone who's watching. Oh, yeah. wait, hold on. I got a bunch of notifications. How do I get rid of notifications? Uh, just open and then close it again, maybe. Oh, my gosh. You see? Like, this is when I... And now I care and I put it like far away from me, like, <laughs> like our parents do. Anyway, I have like yeah. a picture of me as a kid. Oh, on, that's, oh, that's amazing. On my background. Yeah. Always, it. always a reminder, like, you know, have little Daniel on your desk as a motivator. I, I don't say. have a wallpaper, but you know what? That's crazy that you said that. I actually do. I have a photo of my house on our fridge still of me, like when I was like, amazing. Two or, maybe five. And yeah, yeah like I, I look at it and I kind of like look at that child and I say like, you know, make your, make your younger, make your younger self proud. You know what I mean? I kind of like think back to that, but lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Nicole Pilly for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Yeah. It was so insightful. Uh, so heartwarming and, uh, really inspiring, uh, to hear, to hear all that you've achieved and looking forward to more, you know? So thank you you once again. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you again, Nicole Pilly for coming back on, coming on the podcast and we'll talk soon.